Hello and welcome to Just a Thought Podcast, episode 13. I'm Corey Tinkham. Have you ever stopped and wondered what's living out there way deep in the woods or in the jungles of the Amazon or deep in the bottoms of our oceans or even above our heads in the atmosphere? There are legends from all over the world about very cryptic creatures that may or may not be living among us. Some probably aren't real. Others, well, think about it and decide for yourself. Today's topic, cryptids. Thanks for joining me. again, and thanks for joining me on episode 13 of Just a Thought Podcast. Today's topic, cryptids. Weird creatures said to exist from all around the world. Pretty crazy stuff, and also some very weird stuff that we'll be talking about. Some very weird creatures, a lot of which are, you know, just legends and folklore, and probably not real, but interesting nonetheless, and super cool to read about and talk about, as always. Others, though, man, I don't know. I think there could be some some things living out there deep in the forest or Amazon jungles or deep in the oceans, etc., that have just gone unnoticed. Or maybe there's so few of a certain species of creature that we just, you know, haven't, haven't come across it yet. And this happens fairly often. It happens with uh, spelunkers and cave explorers. They find new species of of insects and reptiles that are living in caves and these things happen often enough that it kind of begs the question well what else is out there and maybe these things could explain some sightings that people have had over the years some old stories from ancient civilizations about strange cryptic creatures it really does boggle the mind because these stories go way back and pretty much Every cultural, every society's history, there is something, there is some sort of cryptid creature, a cryptoid. And cryptozoology itself has been around a long time, but has recently been gaining a lot of popularity because with the technology we have nowadays and with the high-definition cameras that everybody has in their pocket, we're getting a lot of interesting footage. And we'll be talking a little later on about how that has changed the world of cryptzoology and ufology and the paranormal in general. And it's it's pretty interesting. It's kind of bringing things to the surface, whether it's a hoax or other. And again, I really want to stress that a lot of these, I mean, we probably aren't real. And we can pretty much see that. Some of them, albeit 
not probable or these creatures may have such a small population with just enough food to keep a small population alive, something to that effect. Some of these could could be possible. The first one I want to talk about is located in Central Africa. Uh, this thing is called the Amila Nuntuka. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. By now we all know that I'm not the best at pronunciation with, with new words, so, you know, I'm learning. But in Central Africa, the, there are tribes that believe this creature exists and that it lives in the swamps of the Congo Basin. And it's, it's similar to a hippo, but it's just bigger, it's larger, and it's said to have this long tusk coming out of its forehead. Now, there's a debate whether it's actually a tusk or a horn. If it's ivory, it would be considered a tusk. If it's other material, it's most likely a horn. But this thing is, is huge. And it's a herbivore, some say. Some say that it, it actually attacks and consumes elephants. In fact, Amila Nuntuka means elephant killer. So this thing, they say, some say, is a vegetarian but has a very, very bad temper and is very easily agitated, does not like to be disturbed or seen, obviously, and will attack if, if provoked, even minimally. So this thing is aggressive, it's big, and able to kill elephants, which I think is pretty crazy. It is thought among cryptozoologists that this thing is a ceratopsian, or a type of dinosaur with horns, essentially. Uh, like the Triceratops, and that's kind of the going theme. There are other cryptozoologists who believe that it's just a an aquatic rhinoceros rather than, you know, a ceratopsian, this, this kind of dinosaur. And there have been many accounts over the years by tribes uh, of sightings of this creature in the Congo Basin, and there was an author by the name of J.E. Hughes. In 1933, he published a book called 18 Years on Lake Bangweulu. In his book, he claims to have seen a creature fitting the description of the Amila Nuntuku being slaughtered by Waushi tribesmen along the Luapula River. And so that's one of the first documented cases of someone in the Western world seeing one of these creatures actually being slaughtered. So these things were hunted, if this story is true. Very interesting. Uh, it's pretty fascinating because as time goes on, there are more books written from explorers and folks that had been in the area and heard stories and actually seen this creature. Pretty interesting stuff. I think this is one that could be possible. It could just be a, an undiscovered species of some sort, this aquatic rhinoceros. At any rate... It kind of holds some weight. There's something to it. Maybe it was a species that was on its way out, succumbing to extinction. So who knows, but I think this one's possible. Now, another interesting cryptid that I came across is something called the Ahul. The Ahul, which is a giant carnivorous bat. Now, how cool is that? It doesn't get much kind of creepier than a huge man-eating bat, which is what this thing is. And it's found in the rainforests of Java in Indonesia. And actually, it is said it's, it can be found all across Indonesia. This thing has a wingspan of 10 feet and is covered in real thick black brownish fur. And they have these claws that can consume large prey, including humans. 
and it's, it gets its name, ahul, because it's the sound that it makes. It's loud, kind of screeching, ahul sound. And apparently, it's pretty aggressive. And although it's recluse, it's aggressive, especially when it's hunting prey. I also read that there are some cryptozoologists that believe that this thing is not a bat, actually. Because of its size, that it, they believe that it must be some sort of flying primate. Which is kind of even scarier, really, because you think of a flying chimpanzee that's really angry all the time. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. So there is that other vein of thought with this particular cryptid. And other information varied as well. There was the 10-foot wingspan, some say 18 feet, some say 28 feet. So there's a little bit of uh, inconsistency in the description of this particular animal. Um, some say that it's more, definitely more of a primate than it is a bat. It's kind of all over the place, but it's very interesting. Now, there have been some sightings. There was a sighting in 1925 by a Dr. Ernest Bartels, who was a naturalist. And he was exploring a waterfall on uh, the slopes of the Selic Mountains when this giant unknown bat, the Ahul, flew directly over his head, he claims. He then goes on to say that he had a second encounter with this creature while he was asleep in his hut, listening to the sounds of the jungle at night, and then he hears a very distinct call, the Ahul call. So really close to his hut and... Sounds pretty dramatic. I don't know. There wasn't that much information on this one, but it, it just struck me as really creepy. If you could picture this thing coming at you at night in a jungle, man, yeah, that's enough for me to maybe not go back to that particular jungle. And jungles are kind of a hot spot for various cryptids, but also bodies of water, whether it's a Congo basin or a river or a lock. Loch Ness Monster, for example. Waters, these aquatic creatures seem to be prevalent in cryptozoology, and I believe there's a reason for this, and this is just my personal thought. The water, lakes, deep rivers, obviously oceans, could hold so many different things that we've just never seen. It is absolutely not outside of the realm of possibility that there are creatures, large creatures, that we just haven't discovered yet. Whether they're very reclusive, or it's a small population, whatever it is. And these creatures may be huge by our standards. It's all relative. Huge in a huge body of water or the ocean is nothing. A 40, 80 foot long serpent is a minnow in the ocean. It's nothing. So who's to say that there's not various creatures that we just haven't come across? Yet, and I think it's very, very possible. Take, for example, the giant squid. This thing is the thing of legends from sailors hundreds of years ago. And it was, it was a cryptid. And it was thought to be kind of ridiculous. We now know they exist. We've, we've, they've washed up on, ocean, uh, on beaches. We've seen these things. We've caught them on video. So they're real. Even though accounts may have been exaggerated as far as size and, and the drama of the story, for example, they, giant squid are real. Very, very real creatures that were once thought to be nothing but legend and made-up stories and folklore. So I'm not saying that, that all cryptids are real, 
But just as an, as an example of, of one that is, is, is the giant squid. So keep that in mind when something seems, ah, oh, no, that's not possible, this seems a little far-fetched. Well, the giant squid, too, was once thought to be far-fetched at one point in time. So, you know, just keep that in mind when you hear about a cryptid that you think, man, there's no way. Well, maybe, possibly, could be. Time will always tell. Which brings me to Chessie, which is a, a, a aquatic serpent that has been seen in Maryland and Virginia. Now, it's a, it's a sea monster. It gets its name uh, after Nessie from Loch Ness. Uh, and it's said to be 25 to 40 feet long. And it lives in the Chesapeake Bay. Now, the reason I bring this one up, it's not that interesting. I mean, it's very interesting, but compared to some more... Uh, outrageous, flying bat-type kind of cryptids that we've covered so far. This one is pretty run-of-the-mill, standard, you know, aquatic sea monster or serpent-style kind of cryptid. The reason I bring it up is there was this rash of sightings in the 70s and, and 80s. And, in fact, in 1982, there was a video taken of this thing. I've seen it. Um, I'll try and link to it in the episode notes. And it's it's literally on the surface of the water. It's a brownish color, and it's moving like a water snake or an eel almost, but it's, it's really, really long, and it's just kind of lumbering along in the water really easy. Now, what's interesting about this is there was all these sightings from like 1970 all the way up until 1997. Then the sightings abruptly stopped, and I find this interesting because... There's all these sightings, and then you know that some of those sightings are, people are going to the Chesapeake Bay looking for this creature. They're wanting to see this thing. And so some of the, the sightings and reports probably were not the creature at all. It was probably just people seeing a log floating in the water or whatever, or another creature of some sort you know, mistaken identity or whatever it was. But then for the, the sightings and reports to abruptly stop, I find that interesting because that means that people were seeing something on a regular basis. And then there's just nothing after 1997. Whether this thing just couldn't survive or there wasn't enough food to sustain a population over time, who knows? But I think that's notable, and that's why I bring it up. So it's, it's interesting. And again, you know, aquatic creatures, there could be so many things out there that are just kind of flying under the radar or swimming under the radar, <laughs> for example. Um, and you, speaking of flying cryptids, you might hear my guineas again. I apologize. They, you know, I don't know about guineas. I don't. I think evolution was trying to do something there and just forgot about it or just gave up on it. So you're going to hear them occasionally, and I'm trying my best to stop recording and pick it back up. So if, if it gets too much, I apologize in advance. But it, it seems as if they've calmed down a little bit. So continuing on. Now, we've talked a lot about cryptids that are uh, animals, some sort of maybe undiscovered species or a species that's on its way out due to extinction that has just gone undetected. All these things are fascinating and very intriguing. However, 
My personal favorite are things that are just a little even more bizarre, but less likely to be real. So we're going to go into that. And the first one I want to talk about, I love this one. Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp, which is in South Carolina. This story, it would be a great book, a great movie. It's a lot of fun to read about. However, there was actual evidence, physical evidence for this one. Now, they didn't get a body of a lizard man. So that's not what I'm saying. But I'll get into the story and you will see there was physical evidence. See that? The guineas? They love this story because they know it's a good one. Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp is a reptilian humanoid cryptid. And they say he's about seven feet tall, bipedal, so he's walking upright like a person, like a human, hence humanoid cryptid. He has scaly, lizard-like skin and is said to live in the swamplands in Lee County, South Carolina. It was first reported, the first sighting was reported in 1988 by a 17-year-old teenager named Christopher Davis, who he was changing a tire on his car alongside of the road, and the creature was running towards him. Now imagine that. Imagine this a, a lizard man running towards you while you're changing the tire on your car. You're a little bit helpless <laughs> in that situation. So this is happening, and Davis gets up, goes to his car to escape. The lizard man jumps onto the roof of his car and clings to it. And as, as Christopher is driving, he's trying to swerve and brake rapidly and throw this thing off of the roof of his car. And so he's going, he's going. Things kind of calm down. He gets home. He notices that his side view mirror was, was really badly damaged and there were these deep scratch marks all across the roof of his car. And so for the next two weeks to a month, there were other reports. <laughs> this is legitimate, the legitimate newspaper reports and police reports of this aggressive lizard-like creature that, that was, would be coming towards people or at least sighted, and more unusual scratches and even bite marks on parked cars near the swamp, the same area where Christopher Davis was changing his tire during that first sighting. And of course, police didn't buy it. They were skeptical, and they said that there was a number of sufficient sightings by reliable people. Now, that's key. The police, obviously being skeptical of a seven-foot-tall lizard man, as anybody would be, of course, but there are reputable people in this community coming forward saying, we've seen this thing, or my car has been damaged while parked in this area. These reports are happening enough that police are they're saying, man, something, okay, something's happening. Something is going on. So what could it be? So police are investigating. They're trying to figure it out. And they go to the most logical, rational explanation, which they say was a bear. A bear is doing these things, which is possible. Damage to cars by bears does happen. So that's, that's the explanation 
that the police started to go with until there were some strange footprints found. And this is interesting. The Sheriff's Department actually made plaster casts of what looked to be these large three-toed footprints. And they intended to send them to the FBI, but they, they decided against doing this because the South Carolina Marine Resources Department said, well, these aren't classifiable. These are nothing. We don't know what these are. So I think, this is my opinion, I think there was a bit of embarrassment among the Sheriff's Department. They, you know, it's like, oh, we, we don't want to send these off to the FBI. The FBI, it'll make us look like we don't know what we're doing out here, sending these unclassifiable footprints to the FBI. So they did not send these plaster footprints to the FBI, which is probably unfortunate. Now, reports of the lizard man dropped off over the next several years until about 2011. There was a, a couple reported that their car had been mauled and, and damaged. And the former Lee County Sheriff said the damage was similar and consistent with the reports from the 1988 incidences. So, a couple things to think about. If a bear did this, what would cause a bear or bears to start mauling and damaging cars when it wasn't happening at all before? Not saying that it's not possible. Maybe something was happening with people feeding bear in the area, and so they were just trying to find food, and they associated food with parked cars, or, or who knows? It's possible. It's definitely possible. But it seems strange that it's coupled with these sightings by reputable people. So, again, something was going on here. Maybe bear, maybe not. Maybe something a little more cryptid-related. Who knows? And that's the story of the Lizard Man of Skateboard Swamp. And I love it. I think it's great fun and I think maybe there's something to it. Whether or not it was a lizard man, I, you know, I don't know. But something was happening. Could have been bear. Really, seriously, could have been bear. Who knows? But I love it. So, all these things happening over the ages. And one thing that skeptics love to and should point out is the, the, the big thing everybody goes to, whether it's cryptozoology UFOs, paranormal, are the blurry photographs, the blurry videos. And it's true. It is 100% true. There, 30, 20, 30 years ago, there was no video of a UFO, for example, that was sufficient enough to really analyze in any sort of conclusive way. So that was the argument, and the, the whole blurry Bigfoot. Like, well, Bigfoot, he just must be blurry by nature because every picture is blurry. And then, and I said I wasn't going to talk about Bigfoot, but for example's sake, I'm going to. If you look at the, the Patterson-Gimlin film, the, the, the big, the first famous Bigfoot video, it's not blurry. It's not. And what happened? Everyone said, oh, well, it's just a man in a costume. It's fake. And also to point out, it... By the standards of that time, that wasn't a blurry video. By today's standards, it's not high definition. 
we've been able to enhance it, but people said it was fake. Because I think that if you look at any UFO picture, for example, from the 1950s, it could be anything. Who knows what it could be? And so that was the argument. Well, we can't tell what this is. And that's a fair argument because you can't. It could be anything. It could be a hoax easily. It could be the real thing. Who knows? You can't tell by the photograph. Same with video. You cannot tell by video from 30, 40 years ago if something is legitimate or not. However, time has marched forward and here we are, all of us with cell phones in our pockets. And I don't care if your cell phone is 10 years old, 15 years old, it still takes better photographs and video than any technology available to the public 30, 40, 50 years ago. And what has happened is you can find all these great videos of UFOs online, Bigfoot, cryptid, strange things that are crystal clear. And the first thing people say is, well, it's fake. So you've gone, skeptics have gone from, well, this, this video is too blurry, to, well, this video is too clear, it's fake. Now, I'm not a video expert. I can barely march my way through Photoshop. And I know that there are artif digital artifacts left over from editing in Photoshop and various software. That said, there are plenty of videos that have been analyzed by experts that say this is genuine. There's, there's no evidence of tampering. The same thing happened with photographs and video from decades ago where experts said there's no tampering here, yet skeptics still say, well, it's not real. And that's fine, and, there, and it's good to be skeptical. I 100% support approaching these things from a skeptical point of view, yet with an open mind, 100%. However, it gets to the point where it really seems like it comes down to what you believe. And people will believe something so strongly that even evidence doesn't convince them. Now, there's a difference between pictures and videos and physical evidence, and I understand that, 100% understand that, but you have to kind of concede a little bit with, with certain aspects of technology. And when it comes to analyzing these videos, it, it again goes back to the whole thing of experts on both sides of the argument. Everybody's an expert, and so who's right? So therein lies the problem. And it gets a little frustrating because what's good enough? And I think ultimately, really... Physical evidence is really what would convince anybody of, of any cryptid. So until that happens, you know, until we have a body of a giant squid, for example, that's what happened. You know, we, I guess we really don't know for sure about these things. That said, there are some very strange cryptids 
out there. And you can find some really good crystal clear videos of these cryptids. And I'm not saying they're real. I'm just saying it's fun to look at and fun to kind of jump into. The first one I want to cover are atmospheric creatures. Now these are said to be creatures that exist in our atmosphere. Kind of strange. Actually, really strange. These are thought to be actual organisms, living animals, or some sort of living being. Not necessarily alien. Something in our atmosphere. These, there are videos of these jellyfish-looking kind of things in the sky, really high up, really high up. And pilots have reported these creatures. People have filmed them. And if you watch these videos, they have to zoom in so, so, so far in because these things are very high up. And the idea, and it's all kind of new and very theoretical, all of it, the idea is that these creatures exist in the upper atmosphere somehow, some way, and are able to travel through the air kind of like jellyfish, for example, do in water. They think that these creatures are almost lighter than air, and they're very light or lightweight, just almost sort of floating or levitating. And there's been eyewitness reports that these beings are living creatures, but they, they kind of break all the usual rules that biologists apply to all other living organisms. And it's fascinating because what if this is a real thing? Well, that's great. That's fascinating, and we should be looking into it. And there's enough evidence through video, through eyewitness accounts, that, you know, there's something here. Whether it's nothing at all, something we don't understand that's not a living organism, could be, but let's find out. I, I don't understand why that's not kind of being looked into. Um, they appear to be able to move around without wings or, or any sort of propulsion. Again, like, like fish in water or jellyfish, just sort of fluid kind of motion. And they're, they're solid, but they're kind of translucent. It's very, very strange. And they can go from being translucent to almost solid, almost metallic-looking objects. And they're often described as UFOs, but they'll kind of change and morph their shape. And when you see these things it, it, do that, it's as if they're, it's a biological creature. And according to eyewitness accounts, they, they appear to change their, their size, their density. They become smaller and, and harder masses and become metallic in color. Or they become larger and, cl and like a cloud, almost invisible altogether. And again, this one is really, really strange. But again, this occurs worldwide 
cross-cultural for decades, centuries. It's been documented, talked about, but it's fringe. It's not taken seriously. And it's also said sometimes these things die, and when they die, they fall to the earth as this sort of gelatinous mass of kind of slime, really, like jello-like mass that falls to the ground. And it's referred to as star jelly, and it, it happens everywhere. So who knows? Now, this is one that probably isn't real. However, there's video of something, and eyewitnesses across the globe have witnessed something. So, that something may not be an atmospheric beast, as it's sometimes referred to. It could be something we just don't understand. And that is what I love about it. There's something out there we don't know. And I think that that's so intriguing. I really, really love that. And that's why I do the podcast. I just think it's fascinating. Not to ramble. But again, it's probably not an atmospheric organism that people are seeing. It could be a weather phenomena. It could be, um, half the time, it could be just a helium balloon, you know, reflecting light in a certain way. 100% possible. And some of the videos, if you look them up, and I will link to some in the episode notes, some of the videos, probably what it is. If you watch it enough times, two or three times in a row, yeah, that's probably a balloon or a group of balloons that was let go at a birthday party or something. You know, there are logical explanations for a lot of these things, but sometimes not always. And it's, you know, again, worth studying. So now I want to close with a cryptid that I, you know, I don't know that this would be classified as a cryptid because it's, it's not necessarily animal. So there's folklore from all cultures of gnomes, um, leprechauns, fairies, and all these different small little humanoid, human kind of people, dare I say. There's something called the Duende. Now the Duende is an entity or a being, a physical being, humanoid being, that is typically very small, seven inches to one foot in size. The Duende come from Latin American and Filipino folklore, and they are often sighted around children. And if you, again, I will link to these, some of these in my episode notes, there are videos of these Duende being sighted around children, and they typically hide in the shadows, in the corners of rooms, but they will be stirred up. And, the, and when they're sighted, of course, fear ensues, especially when it's children, they get scared. And these videos are, a lot of them are, you know, just home videos. They're not very clear. Some of them are. But 
the thing that, in some of them, the thing that makes them believable is the reaction of the people involved. You can kind of tell it's genuine fear. If it's not, they're very good actors. Very good actors. And some of these are, are, are hoaxes, are fakes. I mean, you can kind of tell. Some of them, I just don't know. And there's a rich history with the Duende. And I, it makes me wonder, because a lot of this, when you read about the Duende, there's a lot of history, a lot of folklore. But then you watch these videos. And I don't know. These, these kids' reaction and the reactions of, of everyone involved seem and feel really genuine to me. So maybe there's something here. And again, this is a fun episode. It's far out there. I am not claiming to believe in any of these, but it's really fun to think about. And watch these videos because they will keep you up at night for sure. 100%. If they're hoaxes, they're very well done, and hats off, because it's convincing. It's very convincing, and it's it's definitely worth watching these and reading about it, because there is a rich history uh, about the Duende, and I actually thought about doing a whole episode on them, um, but it would, and maybe I will, you know, maybe I will do a whole episode on the Duende, because there's a lot of, a lot of nice, uh, rich folklore behind it so but in conclusion all these things a lot of it is folklore a lot of it is just history and all of that but some of it you know I think maybe it could hold some weight there could be something to some of these stories of these cryptids especially some of the earlier ones that I spoke of, these aquatic animals, it certainly is possible. I, I'm, I'm a believer that there are things out there, that animals that are natural to, to our planet that we just haven't discovered yet. Look at the celiacanth fish that was caught in 1938 and was thought to have died out 360 million years ago. And yet we've, we've caught one and it was still around all this time. But it just swam under the radar again, so to speak. So I don't know. I find all this stuff really fascinating and encourage you to look into it because who knows what our own planet still has to offer. I think it's fascinating. So that's all for this one. And it was, it was a fun one. It was meant to be fun and not taken too literally. A lot of these, obviously, not real, but a lot of fun to think about. And so, yeah, it, it was a good one. Let me know what you think, or if you have a topic you would like me to cover, I'm happy to do it. Podcastjat at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know. Would love to hear your thoughts. Tune in next week. I've got a great episode about stigmata. That's right. We're going to talk about stigmata. What is causing the, the strange wounds of Christ to appear on people? I find that interesting. Come on back and let's talk about it. I'll see you next week. Thanks again. And as always, be well. <laughs>